What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I am your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the show, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy days. I am sober now, but it is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with someone and talk about all the crazy shenanigans I used to get into. Most weeks I'll be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from New York City, Jay Elliott. Thank you. What's up? Um, I don't know. I'm just vibing. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Um, I just came from Zara. I was trying on clothes. Oh, were you? Yes, and I didn't like any of them. Oh. But it's okay. We're like I. We're thriving out here. We're we're moving. Yeah, I'm I'm learning like because I I used to like I mean right now I know I look like I'm gonna rob a bank but <laughs> I I usually try to. Um, expand my wardrobe a little bit because i'm trans i'm transgender um and break what breaking news no i'm just kidding yeah i mean i it's like I... a process so i have a lot of boy clothes still it's all... <laughs> honest, honestly it's like really been nice because i just I got the episode, a lot of boy clothes still i do because like two weeks ago i just got dumped and i have been like thriving yeah well we talked you talked about it on stage and um before we get too far in anything plug everything up front you have the podcast that you do with friend of the show espy rivadanera yes um you have the the stand-up show let everybody know where they can find you where they can see everything go ahead okay um so the podcast is on espy's youtube and it's also on spotify um it's called hashtag us too um, we release it every week. We took a little break, but now we're back. And what is the concept of the show? It's well, us two is like a throwback to Me Too movement, um, yeah. and we both have had experiences with like you know assault and stuff. Um, assault and stuff. You mean sexual assault? Yeah, and other things, <laughs> and just like kind of dark um, sub. Oh, I love it. That's my that's my that's my wheelhouse, baby. That's my lane. Yeah, good because like it's so annoying when. You can't talk about that stuff without making making people uncomfortable because I would find like if I mentioned it to friends just in pat like off the cuff just kind of throw away mention it they would you know get yeah. so uh, like clutch you their okay? pearls yeah. you know yeah and I'm like I'm fine like this is just like normal to me now mm-hmm. we should just talk about it you know um, yeah. and it shouldn't be like so weird so me and SB talk about it. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And I, I had SB on right before you launched the podcast. She came on um, and we talked about that because at the time she was going through some stuff. So I was like, oh, come on the podcast. You're sober. Let's talk about like staying sober through all that kind of stuff. And it was a great episode. But the thing I really, um, I don't know, enjoy, advocate for, the thing I love about what you two are doing with the podcast is the fact that, like you said, 
some of these things, and I get this from my alcoholism and my drug addiction, is I'll be around certain family members mm-hmm. and I will tell a story. And then like it's normally someone who's married into the family who doesn't know me that well will go, oh, like let's not talk. We don't we don't have to talk about that. And it's like, no, I want to – like we should yeah, normalize like talking yeah. about this. It's my like, life. Yeah, this is what happened. And so I think what you two are doing, especially when it comes to assaults and things like that, I, I'm a huge proponent of that because it's like, yeah, we're not supposed – the fact that – People say we're not supposed to talk about it is, I think, far more detrimental than actually being open about it as far as healing and recovery and things like that. At least I know that from my experience with addiction. Yeah. SB said that um, she like talked to somebody from like a rape clinic. Mm -hmm. Ooh, buzzword. But um, they (laughs) said that the they would hold like support groups for victims or survivors. I don't know what they call themselves. Um, But they would... um, kind of track who was you know improving the most and like what kind of correlated with that and ap- apparently the people who talk about it the most get through it the best yeah and yeah. i i understand that because it makes it it makes it a real thing that happened and then it, you can push through it you're not ashamed of it yeah. you kind of i heard someone say um everything's smaller when it's spoken mm-hmm. like if you hold it back and you don't say it it's way more of a big deal like than it would be if you just talked about it. Yeah, and the super secret program I'm in, they say that all the time, like a, a problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, okay. So the more you share it, the smaller the it gets. Yeah. And I, I feel that sometimes too, and this is obviously something that ties in with your show and obviously with this show, but it's interesting because I will talk to people about things I'm going through. Like people will go, how are you doing? And I'm not talking about like comics or anything because – Especially with comics, if they go, hey, what's going on with you? Like, how are you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm great. I just did the one-person show. Like, I got all this stuff going on. They're like, fuck you. But, like, with family members, if they're like, hey, how are you doing? I've made the mistake before of being honest. And a lot of times they're like, whoa, whoa. Like, what are you – and then I have other people in my life where they'll go, how are you doing? And then you're honest. And you – I just – what I'm saying is I feel so much better just if somebody listens. Like, I'm not asking you for money. I'm not asking you for help. Like, I just want someone to be like, hey, Brennan, I hear you and it's going to be okay. Yeah. So you got to have both. Like, you got to talk about it, but also it has to be like received well. Yeah. Because that's the other thing too is, and that's the cool thing about doing it, you and Espy, because you both have experience in that world where it's like, oh, we understand what each other has gone through and is currently going through in a lot of respects. Yeah. So when when one of us talks about it and then the other one laughs... Where other like it kind of teaches people like it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I know because um, you talk about some darker things on stage, and I know SB. That's one of the things I love about her, and I've had her on a lot to talk about that kind of stuff. But I'm the same way, where I love talking about darker things on stage. Like a lot of my jokes are about addiction and alcoholism and suicide attempts and things like that. Minorities. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you threw that in there. Um, but it's interesting because it doesn't – it's not as well received as you'd think. When people come to a comedy club and you go, it's it's uh-huh. comedy. Like we're, we're making jokes about this. It happened to me and mm-hmm. I'm the one – I'm the person making the joke about it. Like it's okay. Yeah. But sometimes people are like, uh. Yeah. It's really hard to um, – it takes a lot of like practice even if it's like a really good joke like – it's so hard to kind of like make things light when mm-hmm. they're so heavy. Yeah. Um, either because I've I've noticed like I'll perf- I'll write a joke and I like it and then I'll say it, but it's just like so dark 
that maybe sometimes my emotional like connection connection to, the, to yeah. it and bring it like comes out and it's not as light anymore because like they can tell like it kind of hits I've done that with real. relationship stuff yeah where I will say it because I'm like oh this is a funny concept and then I get so angry and then like it, they can feel that I'm mad about yeah. what happened they're like whoa yeah and then yeah. they're like hey <laughs> uh, plug your um Instagram too I almost oh, forgot um, my Instagram is um, at underscore J-A-Y-E-L-L-I-O-T J-Elliot okay yeah Beautiful. Well, this is going to be fun. Yeah, it is. So are you doing a show? You are doing a comedy show in relation to the podcast, also called Hashtag Us Too, correct? Yes. It's at the Whiskey Cellar NYC in the Lower East Side. Um, It's every first Sunday of every month at 8 p.m. Okay. So everybody check it out. That's uh, on 7th, right? It's sorry? It's on 7th? This The 9th. No, no, no. I'm saying the street that it's on. The Whiskey oh, yes, Cellar's on yes, 7th. Yes. It's 777, seven, right? D7, 7th yeah. Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's the old uh, Cellar, Cellar 77. 77. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> so I wanted to have you on again to talk about the show. But not only that, um, just to kind of talk about you, how you got here. How did you end up? Are you from New York originally? No. Surprise, surprise. No one is. No, I met I someone recently who was in from Manhattan. Oh, really? I was like, whoa, you're rare. That's rare. Yeah. I think I'm trying to think of all the guests I've had on. Like Kevin Sanchez was from uh, East Harlem. Uh, Ian Laura, he was I think he was from the Bronx, I want to say. So okay. I've had a few guests on that are um, New York natives. But for the most part, we're all transplants. I know people who are like from, yeah, like Queens um, or Brooklyn, but like if Manhattan was like a first. That is, there's a comic I see at the open mic sometimes, uh, and he like grew up on the Upper West Side because he's yeah. he's very young now Which, and he's like doing comedy oh. and he's but yeah yeah very <laughs> very well off. Well, what a brave soul! To yeah, do to just go out there and. <laughs> so, how did you get into comedy? This is this I ask the same question to all my guests, depending on what they're into, because uh, I've had musicians on and actors and all sorts of things. So for comedy, for you, how did that even occur? How did you start doing stand-up? Were you a fan of stand-up comedy? Did you like to – were you a big fan of just comedy in general, like movies and TV? Or were – like what was the turning point for you to be like, oh, I want to try that? I was never a fan of comedy. Love it. <laughs> um, I, I was like a nerd. Okay. And I was pretty antisocial growing up and just kind of like – very kind of angry teen um angst yeah and just kind of stayed in my room and played video games and where are you from originally i'm from kind of all over because my parents were in the military that's where they met oh really yeah so heroes i know they got married in camo really like they were about it i think that's also cheap but (laughs) they they were really patriotic (laughs) So um, we moved a lot, and I was I lived in like Massachusetts, Florida, California. Where in Florida? Maryland. Um, I Cocoa Beach. Okay, I'm very. Which familiar. is by Cape Canaveral. Oh yeah. Because my mom worked back when they were still doing like the rocket launches and the space shuttle. Yeah. Um, Your and mom I, worked for NASA. N- I don't think she worked for NASA, but she worked like with okay them. Um, but. I got to see a rocket launch in person. Yeah, you did. Oh, you mean like at Cape Canaveral? Yeah, like I, I went on I the there? what? What? what yeah, did? you did. Oh, yeah, I see what. You did. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I'm so Pollyanna, but then, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw a, a rocket launch. That's so funny because um, it was probably when I was like five or six. They're intense. Yeah, they're fucking loud. Yeah, oh yeah. And I I hated it, to be honest. But you you can't get anywhere close to it because no, it's you're just like two so miles loud. Away, yeah. It's just a bunch of explosions to get it into the It's air. literally like a, a bunch of nuclear bombs going off within yeah, the engine. It's yeah. crazy. But I mean, it's like a cool random thing that I did. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we moved around. So do you think the moving around had a lot to do with the fact that you didn't want to like... Didn't and have it, friends? You, well, the fact that you said like you like to sit in your room and play video games and just kind of keep to yourself. Do you think that had to do... Because I did the same thing, but I didn't... I said I like grew up in the same house for like 15 years, but I was just an antisocial person. So what I was saying is... When you were younger, before you started moving so much, were you uh, an outgoing person or were you always like, a, I'm going to just hang out in my room by myself kind of a person? I think I was a little more outgoing. Okay. Outgoing. Um, but like when when I got into teen years and stuff, it wasn't, I think I was more affected by like personal problems, mm. like feeling like, like I was different, like whether that's gender or sexuality or whatever, like. I felt very kind of isolated and misunderstood. So I would just kind of like keep to myself. Yeah. And um, then when I got to college. Where did you go to college? UCLA. You went to UCLA? <clears throat> well, very good. That's a great school. <laughs> yeah. What? And now I work at a front desk. <laughs> Why did you decide to go to UCLA? Were your parents, were you all living in California at the time? Were you, was that just a school you got accepted to or what, what was the deciding factor? We were living in, where were we living? Oh, I had moved out of my parents' house at 18. Okay. I was like, I'm leaving. Like I was so mad at them and then they were like, bye. Like, why were you, <laughs> why were you mad at them? Cause we, we used to fight a lot. Okay. I was very like rebellious and disrespectful. Yeah. Um, and there was just kind of like a lot of strife yeah. in the house. I have um, a bit about that. Not not the leaving the parents' house, but about the two weeks notice thing where it's like you feel like you're not being heard. So you go into work and you put in your two weeks notice and then they just go, actually, you can clock out right now and just leave. Bye. So that's kind of the similar. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Where you were like, <laughs> I'm moving out. I don't feel like you're listening. I don't like it here. And they go, okay, like, we'll hold the see door. you later. Have yeah. a good time. They were not trying to keep me at all. <laughs> So I went to Florida. Gang, gang. Yeah. Back to I Cocoa went Beach. Back to Gainesville. Okay. Because my friend went to UF. So I was like, I'll just be close and I'll like work. So I did. Um, and it fucking sucked because yeah. I didn't have a degree. I, all I could do was like work at a restaurant and um, I was a preschool teacher and that was exhausting. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. And I was like, let me get a degree so I can like maybe earn more money. Yeah. Um, so I don't have to work this hard and just have no money. Yeah. Um. Well, especially in Gainesville, because that Gainesville, the market is oversaturated <laughs> with people who just graduated because it's a college town. It is. So I'm sure there's any jobs there. It's like, oh, yeah, do you have a degree? Because everyone around there has it. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people around there have a degree. I guess so. I think a lot of the people with degrees leave. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because that's what any sensible person well, also, should do. Yeah, because it's Gainesville. It's disgusting. The only thing there is the university. Yeah. And then outside of that, it's just ghetto. Yeah. It's not. Gainesville is not a great place. It's not nice. And I don't like Gainesville because I, when I played college football, we played at the swamp and the fans would like spit on you and like scream really? at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hate 
the Florida Gators with a pa- passion of a burning sun. Oh my god! But I before I started playing college football, I had friends that went to UF, and I would go there and party with them. Okay, and I was like, oh, this is like a, a trash place. This is like a yeah. dump. Yeah, it's like a lot of Long Island iced teas, if you know what I'm saying. And it's also Florida. Yeah. So like, well, there's hey. there's like dangerous insects around. Like, yeah, it's oh, yeah. Like, there's alligators. Oh my god! It's gosh. funny because I try to defend Florida. Even in New York, but there's so much shit, especially politically and just uh, it's Florida. So it's always the punchline. I mean, I've got 20 minutes on stage about it being the punchline of every joke. But it's interesting because I'll be like, no, Florida's great. And then people will be like, what about this, this, this? And I go, well, I think it's great because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like a, it's not an awesome place. I will say I like humidity. So I like to feel like I'm wet at all times. Yeah, you do. I do because like I like to feel hydrated. I like to feel moisturized. So it's like something that you don't hear people f- say. They want to be like dry as a bone, I guess. Yeah, I don't like that either. But um, I want to like when you breathe, it's it's easy. Yeah, it's heavy. You don't have to put lotion on. Like it's nice. So you move to Gainesville and then you decide to go to UCLA. Yeah, and then I do that. And then when did you get into – when did you start doing stand-up? When I was – it, at ending my UCLA uh, like degree, I s- felt kind of I was still very like alone mm-hmm. all the time. Like I I didn't really talk. I would go days without speaking because I just like wouldn't ever talk to people. And then I realized like that's, oh uh, you have to see the irony in that now. No, that's why I started stand up. I was oh, okay. like I need practice. Oh, okay, okay, that yeah. makes it total sense then. So I was like, how do I get? How practice? did you find stand up though? I literally was like, I need to be better at talking, but I don't know how to get practice as an adult Yeah, because it's kind of late. So, like, where can I just go and talk? And I was like, oh, stand up. So oh, okay. Then, so how did you even know? The reason I ask is because we're in it, so it doesn't seem so niche to us. But stand up is a very niche thing. So how did you know stand up? How come you didn't go with poetry or music or something like that? Like, how, how did you know about stand up? Just from seeing it on like... Like, I mean, you like see it out and you're just like, whatever. Because you're much younger than me too. So I'm sure you saw it on like social media and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. So I... That makes more sense. I started watching like little clips of people doing stand up on YouTube. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. And then I like listened to them. I was like, this isn't that funny. But the way that they think, like I relate to it. Mm -hmm. It's like they're kind of broken they're kind of antisocial too. Broken toys. But they have to talk about it and then they try to make it fun. And I was like, oh, this is perfect because I have like so many like heavy things that I carry around Mm -hmm. and it's hard to talk about. But if I can practice, then I can make it fun to talk about. Yeah. And then I can talk about it whenever I want. Yeah. So that was why I started stand up. And you started in California? Yes, in LA. I went to a little room close to the university where they would have like little shitty open mics. Okay. And first time you went on stage, bomb kill. I saw, I didn't notice go up or like sign, go early to sign up early so I could get a like reasonable spot. So I went on time and signed up. I was dead last. And by the time I got on stage, of course, like nobody was there. It was just like the host. So I would, so I went on you stage. You really have a gauge. I, yeah. I went on, I go on stage and I'm just like most. the normal, like, oh, that light is so bright. You yeah. know, like that's all I, I couldn't really think. Doing you know? the cord lasso thing. We always make fun of people for doing the cord lasso. So you'll hold the mic oh, and then no. when you get nervous, you'll start pulling the cord 
And then sometimes people will just keep pulling on it and like they'll end up like lassoing <laughs> it up. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, let Damn. it go. The nervous tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Maybe that light is bright. <laughs> yeah, I just kept saying that, and then I forgot what I was gonna say. But then I re- said some of it. I, I don't remember literally anything that I had planned to say at that point. Yeah, I think I, at one point I was like, I'm. I w- I like made a joke about how people. W- I was like dating, but I was like, if you want to date me, like, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah. I'm disgusting. That's a good joke. And then a little self-deprecation. Yeah. And were you? I mean, uh, I would say it's good. Were you sober or fucked up for your first time? Oh, sober. I didn't okay. really start drinking. The reason I ask is because a lot of times people get nervous on their first time on stage, so they'll drink before they go. I mean, I was hammered the first time I went on really? stage. Really? Oh yeah, I was wasted. Well, I guess I wanted to like see what it was like for real, and not just. You're a masochist. You wanted to sit in it. Yeah, I guess. But also, once I started getting into it, I was like, oh, maybe I should try. I would try it uh, tipsy to see if it made me better. And it didn't. (laughs) So I was like, oh, that's not good. And then... And then I tried it, you know, like on weed to see if that made me better. It didn't. I tried. I was like, maybe I should try. I tried to get like into drugs because I thought that that's what made you more creative and stuff. And it, it never really worked. So let's let's pivot on that point. When did you start doing drugs? Was that when you started doing stand up or was that before? I started drinking in college. Okay. But were your parents drugs? strict being coming from a military family? Were they very strict about like strict? See, and this is the thing, and you're a perfect guest to talk to about this. So growing up, as we already indicated, I was also very antisocial, hung out in my room. I was straight edge through most of high school. Like I saw what, you know, other people acted like when they would drink or get fucked up. And I was like, that's terrible. Like, this is poison. Why would you do this? And then I tried alcohol for the first time and all my anxiety and depression and all that went away. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that, so that's kind of what was the jumping off point for me to get into drinking and partying and things like that. For you, not drinking in high school, which I can relate to and understand because I had no reason to. Like I would go to parties. Yeah, I didn't go to parties. I would sit in my room and play video games and like why. So the concept of drinking just was so foreign to me. Yeah. So in your situation, when you first get to UCLA, it's a, I mean, it's a big school. I'm sure, I'm sure it's a party school, but are you, because of your situation, are you still being antisocial? Are you still not going out? Or when you got there, were you like, I'm going to be different? Like, I'm going to try and go and hang out with people. This is a more open community. I can be myself. Like, what happened with you when you got to UCLA? All those thoughts, I'm, and it takes time to open up. So yeah. I would want to be, like, more open, but it would take a while. And I was, like, also dealing with, like, my own self-denial yeah. with, like, whatever. So it was a, definitely a process. I tried drinking, in, uh, like, a parties and i i was just kind of like so you were going to parties yeah you're burying the lead because that's what we're talking about is being antisocial so yeah the fact that you're drinking at parties you were being invited places i was um but it was honestly just because i was i wanted friends so i joined like singing groups oh did you okay can you say the acapella groups yeah can you yeah not I'm not right gonna. I'm, no, I'm not gonna <laughs> ask you. It's so unprofessional. I would never do that. It's like when you tell people you're a comic, and they're like, "Tell me a joke." It's like, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not but, gonna ask you, but it does. It is my birthday, so if you wanted, are is it really your birthday? Kidding. No, it's not. Um, but 
I so I joined I got into like these like big groups for singing and then people were always like is it like inviting pitch me perfect? places it wants to be like pitch perfect and it, pitch perfect made acapella seem fucking awesome oh the quality is certainly nothing like pitch perfect. okay okay it, i mean pitch perfect is kind of ironic yeah because it's the furthest thing from pitch perfect okay like sing acapella is so hard because it's just a bunch of singers yeah and usually a singer will have instruments to kind of base their pitch off of but if it's just a bunch of random singers yeah because like, in pitch perfect they'll just be like they all sound like instruments yeah yeah yeah. because it's all auto-tuned but like in real life it's wait so that's not reality it sounds like horrible in real life yeah like instruments movies lied to me pentatonics is like probably the most successful acapella group yeah and they like do it right okay yeah so you get to college and you were like because you said you were living with a friend in gainesville correct um, I, like close to him. Okay, yeah. I had my own place. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Mm, La ti da. Ah, well, I had roommates, but we oh, just okay. didn't live together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, but that's what I'm saying is like you weren't a complete loner. Like you had people no. in your life that you were kind of close with. Yeah. So I I went through like weird periods where I'd be like isolated, but I also wanted friends and yeah. stuff. So like it was like a back and forth where. I was trying to figure it out. So then you uh, go to UCLA, you join all these groups, and then when did you start? When did, was the first time you ever drank? Was that in college? Yes. The first time I got drunk, I was at a retreat for the acapella group in freshman year. Okay. So okay. I was like 19 because I went a little bit late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I got drunk, and I think I just like overshared. It was like a pass the bottle. Kind yeah, of I'm very familiar with these situations. <laughs> Obviously, I overshare so all I was the time. Like, uh, whatever. I don't remember. I th- I think that I was just like. And did you start your transition process at this being point? Too emotional. No. Okay. No. At that point, I was like, oh, I'm not trans. Like, I do struggle with gender identity stuff, but like, it's whatever. Like, yeah. it's not gonna. I'm never gonna transition. That's what I said. And then now I'm transitioning. <laughs> <laughs> So I find that fascinating because it's very, you know, it's one of those things where it's like that's a huge part of your life. And now we're talking about it, you at UCLA, and like that's not – it's obviously in the forefront of your mind, but it's not something that's happening. So is that was that a struggle for you? I'm shocked because a lot of people I talk to who deal with things on all sorts of – like all sorts of things, like me with my anxiety, other people with like depression and all that kind of stuff – Drinking is a way to feel better. Did you find that when you would drink? Did you feel, I don't want to say normal because that's not the right word, but did you feel more accepted? Were you more accepting of yourself when you were drinking? Or were you just, no? Okay. It's, I don't, I don't really, I think, I don't know if it feels different, but like when I get drunk, I just feel like dumber and less inhibited. Okay. It doesn't make me feel like happy. Oh, okay. Because like I've. It's gone... interesting because for me that's that's exactly what it made me feel, and I was like, oh, this is awesome because I had never been like super happy before. I've had like great nights out. Where, yeah. Like because I used to at UCLA, I wanted to talk about this. I would go out and I would go to West Hollywood. Yeah, let's where talk all the about gays it. Were, and I would get trash. I would go by myself. When is this? Go by myself. <laughs> oh, so many questions. Um, so when is this? This was when. 
Yeah. What year? Like, like a, a sophomore. Okay. Or a so you, you get to UCLA, you join the acapella groups, you start drinking at retreats. The first time you get drunk, I was like, you eh. overshare. And then you were like, eh, I don't want to. Yeah, but it was also like party culture and people were just yeah. kind of like gossiping and stuff. And I was like, this is boring. How, so you then you decide like, oh, I want to go out in West Hollywood. Yeah. I want to go to like a real club. Yeah, you do. I want to go dancing. I want to be hit on. Like I wanted to. I, I'd, I'd been like so like closeted gay for a while that mm-hmm. and then being around straight people, uh, I never got any kind of attention. Yeah. Like people never like look twice at me as like a, a except for like random misguided women. <laughs> like nobody looked at me in a romantic way. So I I wanted <laughs> I wanted to know what that was like. Oh god, no, I know that feeling when someone like gives you a second look and you're like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it I was just it pretty sad for them because, like, clearly I was gay. Like, it was really, like, girl, come on. Girl. Know, lady. Um, but So, how went, did you... Because you, are, are you familiar? Like, are you like, oh, I know where to go? Or did you ask around? Or how did you decide West Hollywood? Well, West Hollywood is, like, famous. I mean, yeah. that's where all the gays are. I just kind of knew and then Okay, and then you go out and then with the first time you do that, are you nervous? Are you scared? Are you, like, just... I don't remember the first time. From getting out of your comfort zone. I don't really remember the first time. That's so weird. Well, then let's talk about the later times. Does this I, become I just a, remember I would, like... Does it become, like, a thing? Do you start yeah, going, like, all the time? I would go, like, every weekend. You get so... I love The it. smile on your face right now is... It was, like, fun for me. Because I was, I was, at the time, going to, like, a Christian... I was going to church. I was Curve going ball. to... Yeah, I... Yeah, I had, like, all my friends were Christian. Yeah. So... I would Big in the acapella walk scene? up to these friends and be like, hey, I'm going to go to the gay club. Does anyone want to go dancing and drinking? And then they'd be like, no. And then I would be like, okay, cool. And then just go by myself. Yeah. And I would drink. I would like, I had it. Let's go through it. Talk down. about it. I would drink like three or four shots, depending how much I ate. Before you got there or at, like when you got at there? At the bar. Okay. It was just kind of stupid. Like I should have pre-gamed and saved yeah. money, but whatever. And so... um. So you get to the bar, you're doing two or three shots, depending on how much you eat. And then what are you, are you dancing? Yes. Okay. So I first, after hours of like getting ready and making myself cute, then I would. That doesn't take hours. Then I would drink and then I would (laughs) go, well, at the time it did. And then I would go to the dance floor, wait for the booze to kind of kick in. And once it did, I was done. Like I would just like dance, close my eyes, forget about the whole world and just dance and like. People would form a radius around me because of my flailing limbs. They didn't want to get, like, hurt. Yeah. But so it would turn into, like, like, a dance circle. I loved it. But I, I didn't pay any attention to any of the people around me. I would just dance and, like, I was the only one there. Yeah. I Dance like nobody's so watching. Yeah. Do you still dance? I would open my eyes and be like, oh, there's people. <laughs> I There's plenty of clubs here. Much. Yeah. But I, I think... You should the way how excited you looked when you were telling that story. I think you should go back to dancing. <laughs> well, maybe I. I think it's a little different now. Sometimes like things are better in hindsight. Yeah, but who are you? Who are you telling? I romanticize everything. <laughs> if you asked me on the street, I was like the greatest football player in FAU history. I never touched the okay. field, but that's because oh, it, you never touched the field. No hindsight, though. I was like, yeah, you know. 
you know, uh, but it's like you're saying, romanticize, <laughs> dude, uh, romanticizing the past is like my fucking biggest thing. I'm sure it must have been amazing to be a college football player. It was fun. It was definitely fun. But then when I got my eighth concussion and they're like, yeah, you'll probably be dead at 50. I was like, ah, Jesus. I don't know if that was worth it. But that sucks. I mean, we're here to talk about you, not talk about me. So I wanted to get into some of these stories that you sent me. Okay. So which one do you want to start with? So we have Dick Molly, Drag Drunk, Q Meat. Or Model K? Well, drag drunk kind of goes naturally from the WeHo thing. Because okay. one time I was there, we, at a, and my friend... WeHo, West Hollywood. Yeah, after, You threw that out there. I am uninitiated, West so Hollywood, I didn't catch yeah. that until later. WeHo's... Um, my... After college, mm-hmm. um, I got it... Or in between, during my degree, I ran out of money, so I had to go back to work. And yeah. then I finished it later. But while I was working... One of my coworkers. This is g- in California. Yeah, uh-huh. gay. I worked in Beverly Hills. Ooh. Yeah, you did. What'd you do? Um, nothing. Like I honestly like didn't work. No, but like what establishment? The job you- was yeah. that I was supposed to like get people medical equipment they needed, but okay. I just did not do it. So they'd be like, "I Jay, need- you can't just not do." They'd be like, "I need an oxygen tank." That <laughs> I'd be like, "Okay, cool," and I just wouldn't get it. <laughs> yeah, but they would still get it. Yeah, like, yeah. Because they have a real, like a doctor. Yeah. That eventually would get it for them. I was just a weird kind of middleman. Yeah. That wasn't really necessary. It was one of those kind of fake jobs. Mm-hmm. So I just. Those used to be real big back in the day. I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you decide. Well, so what happened? The drag show. What's going on? There. It was my first drag show. I get. You're I in get, the drag show? No, I just oh, like, the first one saw people okay. who I'd like seen on YouTube and yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah, I was, of course, like I got drunk and then I was just like, yes, bitch, you know, like loving it. And then afterward, I remember being like, wow, this is gay. You know, like sometimes <laughs> I would just have moments where I would just look around and be like, this is gay. So gay. This is what it is. Um, And I went up to the drag queen afterward because they were just kind of like around, like drinking and talking to people. And it was like someone who I'd seen like on TV. And oh, I was that's like, cool. This is so cool. So it's a celebrity. I, yeah. So I like went up and I was like, oh my God, I love you so much. And then there was uh, an older gay gentleman who came up and I, he said something, but I forget. And I responded and I think he gave me just kind of like a, ugh, like. Oh, really? Like I didn't say the right thing. Yeah. Almost like a, a look of disapproval. Like just dismissed, like ugh, gross. And. I I would never be rude, like, in person. Maybe now that I've lived in New York for a few years, I would. But um, before, I was, like, very timid and everything. But once I was yeah. drunk, I just kind of, like... Uh, what'd you do? I was, like, oh, yeah, because I'm just young and gay and drunk. Ooh, you know, like, I was just, like, rude back. Being, yeah, sassy, yeah. Um, and then the drag queen loved it. Oh, really? Of yeah. course. Yeah. And then she gave me like a big hug. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I was like, cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Are you still so doing nice. stand up at the time? I was. I don't think I was yet. Okay. Yeah. Because you said it was a little later in your college career. It was like I started stand up. It was like a fits and starts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I would do like one set. And then, like, for months, not do anything and yeah. be like, mm, I think I want to try again. And okay. then eventually I was like, I'm going to do this consistently. When did that happen? 
when I was at that in-between job, like, okay. just later that year. Oh, okay. So the drag show happens. Then a few months later. And then a few months later, you're like, oh, I want to do this for real? Yeah, because that's also when I wrote my first joke. Because I was writing stuff that I thought might be funny, but I never thought I could write a joke until one day I just did. Like a structured joke? Yeah. What was the first joke? Do you remember? Yeah. Of course It was... I mean, you don't have to burn it if you don't want to. But... My... I'm never going to say it. Okay. Um, My friend told me she had an abortion. And I didn't know what to say, so I just said, wow, heavy. But it was probably just a few ounces. <laughs> so that's my first joke. And Jay Elliott, like, ladies and gentlemen. I was like, wow, I wrote a joke? Like, I, I thought jokes were like riddles. Like, yeah. Who, where, who, I don't know who writes that. You know, some old man in a tower? Like, who writes jokes? But some old I, guy in a lighthouse? I wrote one. So I was Nailed like, it. I guess I can write another one. And then I just started doing more. That's awesome. Yeah. So then when you, um, after the WeHo and then you're going to drag shows, are you drinking more often now? Like and going out more often? Um, Once I started stand-up consistently, yeah. So there was that period where I was like drinking and going mm -hmm. to WeHo and the drag show and everything. That, I was like, that was kind of my more like boozy party vibe where I would go like hook up with people. All the yeah. Time. And then once I started stand up, I didn't really do that as much because I was okay. busy. Yeah. So I then moved to like, oh, people are doing weed mm. or smoking weed. I, I learned like doing, doing weed, that weed works. isn't how you say it. No, it's not, but that works. <laughs> okay. But they were imbibing marijuana. <laughs> they were... um smoking cigarettes they were um the so cool i kids, yeah i th they were drinking but i was like i can't drink that makes me stupid i need to do something else though so let me try i tried weed and i i had one weed pen that i used until it was done but i mean i i liked it just made me it made my stomach feel weird and it made me um made watching comedy fun but i don't think it it also made me dumber so yeah. i was like i can't be dumb like being funny like it's really, gotta be sharp it's really hard yeah mm -hmm. so that didn't work and then i want i was like let me try nicotine but i don't want to smoke because i like singing yeah so yeah. i went to cvs and i was like hey do you have those patches and the lady behind the counter was like i'm so proud of you honey and i was like really and she, <laughs> she she's like i wish i'd quit at your age and i was like oh no i'm starting <laughs> and then she took, she like signed me up for some discount thing. She was like, I got you. And then she like got me the patches and like set me up so I could like. Yeah, because I'm sure in California, I know it's true in Florida and I think it's true in New York. But if you try to quit, there's like so many programs where they'll just give you free stuff. Yeah. So she hooked me up and I was like, thanks, girl. I'm going to go be doing drugs now. <laughs> and then. Did you like the nicotine? No, I didn't because it's. A lot in the patch mm -hmm. for someone who's been smoking a long time and trying to quit. But I'd never done it before. So I cut it with like little scissors to try to get just a little piece. Yeah. And so I put it on and I didn't really feel anything. So I put another one and then I felt like throwing up. Yeah. It'll make you sick. And I was like, this isn't good. Like yeah. <laughs> I remember one of the detoxes I went to because the rehab I went to, you were allowed to smoke. But at the detox, you weren't. And I was like, no, I, I smoke. Like, I need – I started smoking in rehab. and uh, Okay, yeah. 
And then I think that happens a lot. Yeah, because I was like, they eating, kind of low key tell you to, right? Almost. They're like, yeah. It helps a lot. Yeah, they're like, it, it, it'll calm me down a little they bit. They also, and this is random, but like, I wanted to, I guess I can say this. I yeah. wanted to be, um, maybe in like the clandestine service. Um, so like when it comes to torture, yeah, um, enduring torture, um, they tell you to like turn on the TV, distract yourself to, um, Maybe, I forget, break something, cuss, and then also smoke. Oh, really? To endure, like, stressful situations. Yeah, I mean, so that, that makes whenever sense. I get into a real stressful situation, my brain, the first thing it triggers is to go smoke. Yeah. Even when I, like, am watching a show like The Bear that, like, gives me super anxiety, I'm like, I have to go smoke. What like, is The Bear? Is, the Bear is a really good show on FX about uh, restaurant industry and stuff like that. Oh. It's, like, the biggest show in the world right now. Clearly not. <laughs> so I want to get back to how did you end up getting to New York? So you're drinking, you're partying in L.A. Once you decided to do stand up, you, you fucking narrow your scope and you're like, I'm done with all that stuff. We're not done, but just going to put it to the side. And then when do you decide to come to New York? Like what what was the driving force behind that? Because you're in L.A. You started comedy in L.A. Yeah. Oh, so like why would way, you leave? Like, yeah, I didn't want to stay in L.A. I quickly realized LA is where you go to get famous. Yeah. I'm not ready to, for that. I'm not good. So I was like, let me get good first. And then I thought I was looking up New York comics, LA comics, kind of the scene online and stuff. And I was like, I think New York is where you go to get good and you can get more spots. There, the Mecca train, of comedy. The train is better. The greatest so, place for comedy in the world. Yeah. So New I was York like, City. let me just move to New York. Plus then COVID hit. Um, okay. I lost my job. The job I, you were doing nothing at? Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, no. Um, so oh, I, no. <laughs> I got, I mean, that, what is it, what is it called? Unemployment was yeah. great. Um, and, oh, especially out there. Oh, yeah. And I went to Virginia, lived with my parents for a little bit. And then from there, I moved to New York. And So you've been in New York for two years now? Yes. Two and a half. Two. Because I think we got here around the same time. I think so. Yeah, because I came in July of 21. Yeah, I did too. Okay. Yeah. Look at us having things in common. Yeah, two years. It's been good. So when you moved here, obviously you moved, you moved, so you moved here for comedy. Yes. Did you just hit the ground running? Because this is my experience is I had been doing, I've been doing comedy since 2009. Okay. So I started in Florida. And then I just never – I was drinking too much and my comedy was terrible. And then when I got got out of rehab and when I relapsed after rehab, I was like, I'm not going to – I'm going to take a break from comedy because I was so bad when I would get drunk and go on stage. Like I don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. So I took a break. So I literally did comedy from 09 to like 14 and then I took a break from 15 to 18. But then when I got back into it, I had this, you know, I had a tight five. I had a tight 10. Like, I was like, all right, now what's the next step? And that for me was to go to New York. Mm-hmm. You skipped all of those steps and you were just like, no, I really want to do comedy. So I'm going to just go to New York and do it. Was that nerve wracking? Was that like, because when I got here, there, I guess what I'm trying to say is like when I got here, I was like, oh, like I can, like, if you need me to host, I can host. Like, I have all these muscles worked out because I've been doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. But you didn't have the same kind of experience. So when you got here, were you were you intimidated? Were you just ignorant to the whole idea of it? Like, and you're like, no, I'm just here to do comedy. Or like, what was that? What was that? 
movement like going from LA to living with your parents in Virginia to coming up here just for comedy? And you had only been doing comedy, like you said, on and off for a couple of years at that point. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd been consistently doing it for maybe like five months. Okay. And um, when COVID hit and everything shut down. Yeah. So then over c- COVID, I just wrote. Yeah. I wrote and wrote and rewrote and felt like a crazy person because I couldn't tell if anything was really funny. Yeah, because you have no bearing. No reference yeah. point. I would tell my parents and then they'd just be like, like, they don't really like, th- my mom would just kind of be like, okay. And then my dad. Your patriotic parents don't have the same sensibilities as your comedy? My dad would be like, you should have said this. And <laughs> I would, and I'm like, no, that's not how comedy works, Dad. Like, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me how comedy works. <laughs> so then. So when you got here, you weren't like intimidated at all. You're just like, fuck this. Let's go. I already knew it was going to take a long time. Yeah. I, I lived in L.A. and people were wanting to make it immediately. Yeah. They weren't funny. They were characters. Mm-hmm. So like they were marketable because they had a funny voice. So they were hot. You know, like there were things about them that could get them on TV or whatever. They had mobility maybe through like social media and stuff, but they weren't funny. And I was like, I want to be funny. And being funny takes a long ass time. Yeah. It takes like 10 plus years, maybe 15 if you want to be really good. So I was like, I want to be really good. So I'm expecting to be funny when I'm 35. Yeah. So I. That's a very enlightened way to look at it because I got here with all the experience that I had and I knew I knew I wasn't going to show up to New York and like the vice president of show business was going to be like, hey, you got a lot of experience. You're a pretty funny kid. Come with me. We'll sign you to a deal. Mm-hmm. I knew that wasn't going to happen. But if I can be fully transparent with you, I got here and I was like, oh, well, I'm like I've been doing this a long time. Like I'm pretty good at this. Do you know who I am? So not that. But I was like, <laughs> I'm, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm pretty good like, okay, at okay. stand up. So I was like, oh, I'll get there and. Like, yeah, I'll have to do open mics and stuff. But I was like, oh, I'll rise pretty quickly because I'm I'm pretty good at this and I've been doing it for so long. And that is not the case. So I'm envious of you having that mindset of like, no, it takes a while because I got here and I was like, yeah, it should take me like a year or two to start getting past at clubs and stuff. And then I got here and I was like, oh, that's not how this works at all. It's about like your following and like people, you know, and like obviously everyone knows that it's who you know, not what you know. Like I've gained more in comedy from working at the restaurant than I have doing open mics. Because like famous comics come in and then we get to talking and they're like, oh, do you want to do a spot on my show that's at so the cool. cellar? And I'm like, oh, that's fucking odd. That's never happened at a mic. No. Um, <laughs> so what I mean, what I mean to say is that I'm very I – don't, I don't know if proud is the right word, but I think it's awesome that you came here and you were just like, oh, no, I know it's going to take a while, but I want to be very good at this before anything happens. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like singing yeah. kind of. Like I don't think I'm very good at least to start. And it takes a long ass time to get good. Yeah. It takes it took me probably I would say I'm good now at singing. <coughs> um and I but started doing when I was for, like thirteen. Yeah, as I say you've been doing so it. So it's while. been fifteen years. Yeah. So now I'm good. Yeah. But um comedy it'll take fifteen years for that too. Yeah. So I I also was like very aware that I'm not good. It was like, I'm not funny. You had no delusions of... I also, like, didn't think I was naturally funny. Oh, okay. Like, people usually go into stand-up, they're like, oh, this is my thing, whatever. I'm the funny person in the group. I'm the... It yeah. doesn't translate, though. I'm it the class clown. doesn't translate. My parents, We see it all the time. Whatever. Like, when I was growing up, my brother was the funny one, and my dad was the funny one mm-hmm. in my house. I was always the, like, weird kid who made it 
who killed the vibe, you know? Me too. I was always the person who took it too far. Um, yeah, I, I Which mean, is in the it sense was, of like killing the vibe, like yeah, someone it, would say something good. and then I would throw something out there that was like, to then me, it was funny like, <gasps> and people, yeah, people would go, what are you talking about? Yeah. I, I think I was also like way negative. <laughs> so people would, people would be like, ew, <laughs> but it was, I was just like not fun to hang out with. We were born in the darkness, <laughs> molded by it. So growing up, you know, my family would have like people over my dad's telling a story or doing accents he was very like i think he'd good at be good at sketch comedy mm -hmm. very good at accents very like funny emotive like um and he would have people like rolling yeah and then i'd just be like in the corner <laughs> so i i knew and look at you now i knew i wasn't like the funny one um so i knew like it would take even more work and yeah. time for me to get good i mean you're very funny that's why I like have that's why I wanted to have you on the show. Thank you. Yeah. I I was just texting my girlfriend before this. And she was like, Who's the guest on the show? And I was like, This hilarious comic, does a podcast with Espy. I'm super excited. And now look at us. <laughs> Tell your dad, take that. Um Oh no, I think he thinks it's cool that I do comedy. Oh yeah? Yeah. He's not like people who find that what you do funny. <laughs> Uh, they both I only are, ask that because my dad does that. They both are like when I t when I um, told my parents and anyone in my family, I was like, "Oh, I'm doing comedy." Yeah. They, how did they? Take they were that? like, "People think you're funny." Yeah. yeah That's yeah. like exactly yeah. what they were. They were like, "What? Mine too. You? Like, how are you gonna do comedy?" <laughs> but. Now, they've seen like some of my sets and stuff and they're like that's pretty good yeah it's so it's so interesting you say that whenever people in my family come when they would come to see me for the first time they would go you're you're really good at that and i was like yeah what you what do you think i've been doing for the last 10 years <laughs> but they were like so same thing with your time they were so shocked they were like yeah no like that was really good and i go thank you but yeah, I put a lot of work into this. But they were like so blown away because they were like, "Yeah, but it's you." Yeah, but it's you. Like we didn't see that coming. My uh, my uncle has said that too. He came to a show here in New York. Yeah, and he was like, "I'm." He he's very like like my dad. He's like very big personality. Like can like gregarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Can like hold court at like a dinner or whatever. Um. And so like I'm. Especially like with people I don't know, and so like I'm pretty quiet. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I'm like working on being more like vocal about the, whatever. So he kind of didn't expect it, and then he he was like, "Well, I'm funny all the time, but you're you put like everything into when you're on stage, mm -hmm. and then the rest of the time you're just kind of chilling." And yeah, I, I feel like, I feel that. I mean, that's I would take that as a compliment because I feel I'm the same way with that, where it's. Like when I'm at work, I can be a dick because it's like, you know, I work in a very high pressure situation or a restaurant and it's like, it's it important to hard. me, yeah. but it's like one of those things where it's like, I remember back in Florida and then we got to, I want to talk about the Dick Molly story, but I oh, remember shit. back okay. in, I know it goes by fast when we're having fun. <laughs> I uh, remember back in Florida, I would, I, I would, and I do it here. I train servers and stuff, but up here it's a little different, but down there I would be training like a new person at the restaurant. And then someone would come up like second or third day that I'm training and be like, oh, Brennan, when's your next show? And the person I'm training would go, oh, show. Like, what do you mean show? And I go, oh, I do comedy. And they would be like, 
wait, you do comedy? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. They're like, but you're like intense, like perfectionist. Da, da, da. And I go, yeah, I'm not a fucking like energizer, but I'm not always like, eh, da, da, da. like I do comedy on stage yeah. when it's at a show, when it's. You turn it on yeah. when you need it. Yeah, but it's like I'm not that per. And I think some of the best comics are the people who aren't like always like like Mr. Goofball. You know what I mean? Like there's times where, I, especially if I'm around friends and I'm comfortable, I'll start talking and holding court and doing that kind of the thing. But if I'm in the same way. I would say I'm a little more extroverted than you, but I am very similar in the sense where if I like go to the stand to hang and there's no comics I know, I will sit at the bar by myself and drink a water. Like I'm not going up to fucking strangers and talking to them. Like you're your fucking mind. No, and again, like I don't think I'm that funny naturally. Like so I'm not maybe as confident in making jokes in conversation mm. off the cuff and everything because do you ever make a joke off the cuff and then immediately regret it? All the time. Yeah. Okay. I, I do think that. it's I think it's good to f- to fail. Yeah. But um, especially around my girlfriend because she's a teacher and a lot of her friends are just regular people in society. And then I'll be like, like they'll say something, like we were there's a anyway. I'll just say something wildly inappropriate because I think okay. it's funny. And if I'm around comics, it would crush. But I'm around regular people and they're like. <gasps> Yeah. What are you talking about? And it's like, oh, whoops. Yeah, I have to be careful about that because I don't want to lose my job. You know. Yeah. So I do. I do the uh, like if someone does something stupid, like and we all see, and we're like walking somewhere, I'll be like, God, they should just fucking kill themselves. Yeah. And her friends will be like, Brennan, that is a serious thing. You don't talk about. <laughs> I thought that. you were gonna be like, Brennan, that is a sin. <laughs> no, not, not that. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about the Dick Molly. Okay, because I asked you to send me a list, and you just sent me, and I asked you one or two words, and so you just sent Dick Molly. What does that mean? One time when I just come to New York. Okay, look at us staying on the timeline without even meaning to. I know I was. I'm getting pretty good at this. I was on the apps and sniffies. Are you on sniffies? Ew, no. (laughs) I don't think. Oh, your reaction to that? Take that, Ethan. I, who's Ethan? Ethan's a, a New York comic. He's been on the show before. He was the one who talked about Sniffy and then Drew Tessier got upset. Not upset, but like really? fake upset. Because Drew was like, that's for us. Like, don't go on a podcast with the straight dude and like talk about Sniffy's. So like, that's for our community. Like, you're not supposed to <laughs> what be. What is he talking about? Well, I mean, it was, As if you... he said it jokingly, but still, it was like, <laughs> I feel like I'm in the know now because I know about Sniffy's. Okay, well... It kind of sounds like Drew knows about Sniffies. <laughs> I've never, like, really done Sniffies. I think it's a website, not an app. I don't know, though. But so you were Grindr on the apps. is an app. Yeah. And I was on an app. And there, it was like 2.30. It was right after a comedy show. So I had... 2.30 in the morning? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So it was like the late comedy show at the cellar. Right after... You were like, on the show? Had drinks. No. Oh. Um, but I had like watched. I, I used to go and be like, oh, I need to see. Because I used to watch. Oh, I'm still. I still do that. I, I still do it too. But I would do it more. When I started, I just watched the people do comedy at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. That was so much fun. I love the comedy store. Anyway, so I finished watching the Cellar um, show. A little bit drunk. Went to Washington Square Park. Was walking around just kind of like on the app seeing if anyone was around. Yeah, then, you were. This one guy hits me up and he's really hot. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, like this looks like a, this looks like one of those like 
got like next boy next door uh athletic type guys who I would have a crush on in high school. Yeah. So he was like, Do you want to hang out? And I was like, okay, hey. So I went to his house and he ended up being a model. Yeah, he was. He was like six three and gorgeous. And he was doing like ketamine. Um, <laughs> And he offered me ketamine, and at first I was like, no, and then I just started doing it, and I went in full K-hole, um, which was what crazy. What was that like? I, it, was, it felt like flying through the Matrix. Yeah. And um, I felt like I converted to vi- binary code and then was just, like, zooming through, like, different digital universes. And then I had the actual thought, like, remember when I was human? I wish I could go back. And then I, eventually it wore off. Okay. Um, I threw up a lot. And then the next night, he was like, I want to see you again. So we saw each other. Wow. Again look the at next you night. making an impression. <laughs> and I, hot people love a funny person. Oh, yeah. But you can make them laugh. You can make them breakfast. Right. What? He made me breakfast. Oh, really? Yeah. I made him laugh. He made me breakfast. If you can make them laugh, then they'll make you breakfast. But what happened? going to have to amend that. The second day was. He had Molly, and I was like, I've done Molly before, yeah. and it was fun. Like, I w- did it with a guy, and then we kissed all night, because yeah. Molly, it, like, makes touching stuff really nice, so kissing is great, and I was like, that sounds great. Like, let's do Molly and kiss, and so I did Molly, and then we were kissing, and then he was like, can you go down on me? And I was like, because <sighs> <laughs> I hated Sucking dick. Mom, I'm so sorry if you're yeah. watching. Um, I you hated said you it. hated it, yeah. I hated it. And so I was like, fine. And then I went down there. And then because of the Molly, I enjoyed it. Oh. Because it's, again, it's like tactile. Yeah. So then I say, like, I didn't realize there was a cock destroyer inside me. Her name is Molly. Because <laughs> I, like, was, like going insane like i remember it and i can't believe i was like doing some of those yeah, things yeah, yeah. like <laughs> i'd never done before like look at molly i didn't opening even think i was up. physically capable of some of those things and then he kept being like he said that i looked like a demon like i was like sweating and uh, clearly on drugs yeah and he kept asking like are you okay and then he would just like be shook because it felt so good yeah that he would like forget um and then um i was like i was like wow i think i like sucking dick now and he was he was like that was crazy and i was like how how good was it he was like 9.5 wow look (laughs) at that he was like the 0.5 off for looking like like you were gonna yeah like you were gonna kill everyone in the room yeah but it was like what the probably the craziest blowjob i've ever gotten i was like (laughs) okay look at you and i've never been able to recreate that well, you're gonna have to but do I have more to Molly. do Molly. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to do more Molly. That's a great place to leave it. Plug that's everything the, one more time. Um, Instagram at underscore J-A-Y-E-L-L-I-O-T. Um, and our comedy show and podcast. Hashtag us too. Yeah, I'll put all, all of it in the notes. I'll link it to everything. Thank you everybody so much for listening. At Brennan T Comedy on all social media. BrennanTComedy.com. Check out the one-man show, uh, X Drinking Buddy, same name, uh, on Patreon.com slash Brennan Tassif. And we'll talk to you all next week. Thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful. That was fun. That was so much fun. <laughs>